0: Accountants, it's time to make it count. My name is Freddie Bennett, former accounting industry executive turned entrepreneur, business owner, change maker, and Guinness World Record holder. In each episode, we bring you the powerhouses from across the accounting world to help you discover how to unlock endless possibilities, turbocharge your accounting practice and make it count in business and in life. Thank you for showing up for yourself today. Now, let's dive into another unmissable episode of Make It Count. Welcome to another episode of Make It Count. And today, folks, we've got a real treat for you. I am delighted to welcome Mr. John Skull to the show. Now, John is a leader at Mallet McLean Accounting and Advisors He's a counsellor at Chartered Accountants Australia and New Zealand. He holds governance roles for several private businesses and could only be described as a powerhouse of the New Zealand accounting world. John, welcome to Make It Count.
1: Well, thank you very much, Freddie, and thanks for that introduction. Uh, I'm sure some of it's true. I'm Not so sure about the last, bit, but we'll see how we go in today's. podcast. I'm
0: sure we will. Uh, we'll be we'll be demonstrating your uh, your powerhouse credentials as part of this uh, this conversation, John. Um, but but John, thank you for being part of the show. To kick us off, for anyone that that hasn't heard about you or, or your background, tell us a bit about yourself. Look,
1: Thanks, Freddie. I'm a director at Mallet McLean, both here in Invercargill and in Tasman. So in Invercargill, we've got a team of about 60 on the ground. And in Tasman, we've got a team of about 20 now, which is really exciting. Mm -hmm. This is really exciting stuff. We've grown really quickly up in Tasman. So Tasman's been around for a short period of time versus Southland, which has been around since 1932. So two quite different businesses, which is really cool. One's been very traditional that we've moved to a modern accountant, and one started as a modern accountant. So very different journeys, but very cool journeys. Uh, as you mentioned, I'm a professional director. So I'm a director for uh, Southport, which is down, based down here in Bluff in Southland, and that's an NZX listed company. And I'm also a director of Invercargill City Holdings, which is a locally owned and held council-controlled entity, which owns the airport, which owns uh, electricity, Invercargill, and a lot of uh, other other investment assets as well. So look, I've got a pretty varied uh, life, which is which is great. I really enjoy what I do. I'm at Mallett McLean, I'm the chair of the board here. So I help look after the business, the strategy, uh, the execution of that strategy, and just making sure that we're going along the, on the right path. Uh, and the rest of the time I spend with accounting firms normally. So funnily enough, being an accountant. Uh, so I spend a lot of my time traveling up and down the country, working with accounting firms on their strategy, on their organizational structures, and helping them coach and, and helping them become accountable to do the things that they want to do to get to where they
0: want to go. Amazing. Thank you, John. I i love that. And there's so many different angles for us to delve into here. I feel tired even just listening to to you listing out all those things. And we'll uh we'll come on to to a few things around time management and, and time leadership as we go through the conversation. But but let's go back to the beginning. Was it always your goal? To be an accountant and and to get so deeply involved in this accounting world, or, or did it come upon you in a different way?
1: Yeah, look, I've got quite an interesting story of how I became an accountant. So I left high school, uh, became a painter, took up an apprenticeship as a as a house painter. Uh, one of the things that I was going to do when I was leaving high school is either become a teacher, either become an accountant or a painter, and I chose to become a painter. And I started working uh, for my for my boss at the time, and we ended up painting his accountant's house. And over the Hmm. preceding um, few weeks or month, I'd sort of heard a lot about this accountant that we were going to be painting his house and what a great guy he was and how he'd helped my boss in his business. He'd helped him grow his business. And then we got into growing pains, like his his accountant really helped him. Uh, The accountant at the time, he was a bit of a mover and shaker in Southland, so I kind of knew who he was. He helped out a lot with and Cricket, um, and he was a director on a number of boards, so I kind of knew who he was. And then I started painting this guy's house, and I'm standing on this big two-story character home in Invercargill. Uh, this guy rolls up in a, in a nice house, dressed really nicely, a couple of great kids, uh, lovely set-up, and I'm just thinking, man, what a great life this guy is having. He's got all these things, but more importantly, everyone talks about him in such a wonderful way, and he seems to be out there helping the community helping his clients, and it really gave me a sense of uh, a different a different focus or a different lens to look through of what an accountant was. And when hmm. I wanted to be an accountant in high school, my father told me to, that I should be an accountant because his accountant seemed to do really well. And um, it really gave me a different slant on what accountants do and how much in- impact they can have. So I literally got down off that roof, uh, signed up at the local uh, Institute of Technology, and began my my journey uh, in Academia to get my accounting
0: degree amazing and does the the person the the accountant whose house you painted does he know about the, the this impact that that you had on him at all and uh, or was it was just a case that, that you saw the life and you thought I'm gonna go and get that you see look that short answer yes he does know that um so I, I wrote a
1: book a few years ago called the four hour business plan and I had that story in that, and funnily enough, he's best mates with one of my business partners here at Mallet McLean. Mm. Uh, but I've only ever met him once, and that was in passing uh, at my at my business partner's fiftieth, because uh, they say you never want to meet the people that you aspire to be. So <laughs> um, I've always I've always kept away from him. Um, but he's continued on in his career and done amazing things, and you know has really kept true, I guess, to those principles that inspired me uh, to do what i do
0: Mm. and what what i love about that story as well is the fact that you took action because there's and i've met them uh, many people like that in in my own career in my own journey lots of people who who say that life looks nice or or that that career or that that path whatever it is that they they look at and they say well that that looks nice I could never do that I don't have the the skills or the background or the confidence or the intelligence or all these things and people then tell themselves a story that I can't go and make that happen but you did I'll try to mix up my metaphors here. You climbed down uh, down the painting ladder and and started up the accounting career ladder, and I think that that key thing around around taking action is is so powerful. And would you say that's that's something that you've kept on trying to do throughout your career in terms of seeing something that you want and then taking some action towards it? Yeah, look, sport's been a big part of my life, and it was preceding
1: that as well. So I've played sport to a reasonably high level, and I've always been taught that, you know, you can do anything. And if you want to succeed, then all you have to do is put in the work. And you want to pick your role models and aspire to be them. And so sport's really easy to do that, whether it's the All Blacks or the football team you follow or the cricket team. You have the people that you want to be like. And then when you're on the training field, you're that person. Or when you're in the cricket nets, you're that person. Mm. And so that was what I was brought up with. And that's the kind of mantra that I held in that particular instance as well, where I thought, gee, I think I want to have the same impact as that as that person. And I guess that was really one of the defining differences is the impact. It wasn't mm-hmm. to be l- l- as him or like him. It was to have the impact that he had on people and to be thought about in that way and to be able to influence people's lives you know, is a great thing to be able to do. And as chartered accountants, that's what a lot of accountants do on a daily basis. We just forget that we even do those things because it becomes our daily job. And, you know, we help people incubate a business, you know, create a business, be successful in business, help people into their first homes, guide them through the retirement process through succession. You know, we do all sorts of amazing things for people that we don't even think about because they become normal to us and mm. whenever i retell that story it reminds me of why i got into this
0: role and what i'm actually trying to achieve which i think is pretty cool i think that this is absolutely very very cool and and when we we look back at your journey as well so you've 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 got qualified you're you're starting to to then work at accounting firms and you have this this desire of, of, of wanting to have the impact I think if you if you look at your career from maybe when you started to when you started having more of these leadership positions, how much of it would you say you you planned for or that you designed and how much of it was coincidence, circumstance, opportunities that, that just came to you? Great question. Look, I think I've
1: always been lucky and uh, it depends how you define what luck is, but sometimes it's when opportunity meets hard work and mm. I think that's... When I look back at my life, I've had some pretty lucky interactions as well. So becoming a employee of Mallet McLean was a complete accident. So I rang up the wrong accounting firm.
0: <laughs> really?
1: I rang up Yeah, I went to ring up another accounting firm that one of my mates had been a trainee at mm. and I phoned up Malik McLean, because every every accounting firm of a cargo starts with an M. Uh, so, you know, they all sound the same. And so I phoned up Eric, who's my business partner now, and mm. I said, look, I'm just finishing Univ- Otago University. i really keen to get a job with you guys. heard a lot about you. Uh, you know, can I come in and have an interview? And he said, yep, sure. We'd love to meet you, John. Do you know where we are? I said, yep, yep. And he goes, yep, 45 Don Street, and uh, by the courts. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... Who have I just phoned? Because that's not where the accounting firm was that I uh, that I wanted to go and work for. And so, luckily, it was the next day, and so I didn't didn't have any time to think about it. And yeah, felt really comfortable from day one, and that that was really my start at Mallet McLean. And I worked at Mallet McLean for a couple of years, and I at that time very early on I got a job offer from a big corporate. And with a lot more money, and I decided I didn't want to take it because I thought that my impact and what I could do was in another area. So, again, you know, it's about thinking about what you really want to achieve. I think it's really important, even early on in your career. And I see a lot of young accountants um, chasing the money. Mm. And, uh, you know, that's something I didn't do early on because I wanted to create the platform for what I needed to be and to, to, do, to do going forward. And so I was very lucky, I think, that I didn't take up that opportunity. Mm. It, was, it was quite tempting. So that was another um, point of luck for me. Then I managed to get over to the UK for a couple of years and work over there and got some really cool jobs over there leading people. And, again, bringing back the sports analogy, I just found you know my niche again in – you know, leading people and helping people and supporting people and understanding what they're trying to achieve. And, you know, luckily in the UK, I got some jobs that allowed me to do that. So when I came back to Invercargill, you know, I had my heart set on becoming uh, a partner or a director at at Mallet-McLean. And, you know, one of the things that after I went through my professional exams and I became, you know, one of the team leaders, I thought, what other skill sets do I need to have in my toolbox and what aren't people doing? And at the time it was computer software was coming in. um, MYOB was becoming a thing. And so I got into that. And so I went into a niche that no one had any experience in and and built up, uh, you know, a solid knowledge base there. So I was the go-to person. So I understood very early on that if you want, if you want to be in demand, then people need to be coming to you and you can either Mm. choose to go down the road where everybody else is or you can build your own path, and that's kind of what I did there. Um, I enrolled and did an MBA myself, mm-hmm. so I I went through a, a, a you know a, a very torrid time working full time, uh, young family building a house, doing an MBA, getting all these things, <laughs> uh, you know, all in line for where I wanted to be and what I wanted to do, and so I think I differentiated myself reasonably quickly in those sorts of areas and strategy is it was a very big question mark to me around Mm. what that was and how do we implement it and how do we get people on board and so you know that was another really good reason to do my MBA so I I got part way through my MBA and got offered a directorship at Mount McLean and you know people sort of said to me well you know, are you going to continue on and finish your MBA? And I said, well, yes, I do, because I don't know what I want to be yet. Um, and mm. <laughs> people said, but you've made it. You're a director. You're 32. You've made it. And I said, well, look, I don't, I don't really think I've made it yet. I hope this isn't everything for me. I've still got a lot of things I want to achieve, and you know, there's a lot of impact that I still want to have. Mm. And so, really, that was just me trying to keep pushing myself forward. And I've got to say that, you know, nothing. I'm not the smartest guy in the room by any stretch of the imagination. You know, my mantra for many, many years is um, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And that's the mantra that that, that I've always had. So I've always worked really hard. I've always tried to create platforms that I build off so I don't go in not knowing things. I like to understand where I'm going and what I'm going to be doing first and trying to understand uh, you know academia behind it mm. and to try and give myself a good platform and you know not just go off willy-nilly and do whatever but to have a bit of a platform around it so as i started with Mallett McLean in my directorship role you know we were a, a a firm that was probably 70 80 70 years old at the time um, you know we were in an we'd been in uh, <laughs> an old building well it was actually four buildings that were just smashed walls in, uh, smashed holes <laughs> in the walls <laughs> um and i you know i really thought well if i want to have a modern firm and i want to make the impact that we want to make then we need to start changing who we are and what we are and become really progressive really innovative and really start looking to differentiate ourselves from everyone else so again taking that path of let's build something on a track that we're going at let's not just follow everyone else and Mm. one of the first things we did was was get a new building which took us a long time it took us a few (laughs) years to 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 get right but that really set up the platform so we built an ultra modern building uh, that was set up with training rooms that had lots of offices and meeting spaces and great facilities for team for talent uh, retention and attraction and i've just had a whole lot of accounting firms through um, our building in the last three months and they've all said oh it feels like it's two or three years old and so that was over a decade ago now that we did that but that helped create that cultural cornerstone or that artifact of you know if you want to be what you want to be then you need to start being it and one of those was well if we want to be a modern accounting firm that wants to attract great clients and great people Mm. then we need to be we need to look like that and as soon as we did that, the culture started changing. We lost our ties, uh, you know, very early on. <laughs> you know, we lost the suits very early on and we started becoming a different accounting firm because of that. And we went through and we did our strategic planning. And we went through and did our core values, our core purpose, our brand promises. And we started to create a picture for our people of what we wanted to create, which was pretty cool.
0: I love that. That's such a, a powerful story, John. And I think it's, it highlights one of my one of my favorite quotes. And the, the people often ask, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? How do I need to do this? How do I need to do that? And the question really is around who do I need to be to make this happen? And, and you've really demonstrated that, not only uh for Malik McLean becoming a modern firm, but also uh for, for yourself and your own career journey so far. And I want to dive a bit deeper in a second into, into what. A modern accounting practice is, but but just quickly, wanted to to rewind and and just ask you because you spoke so much there about wanting to to do things differently and to, to 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 blaze your own trail and and to to go on on the path that maybe the crowd in the accounting world wasn't walking at that time. Were there any moments of self doubt, any seconds where you thought, "Am I going in the right direction here?" Because everyone else. Seems to be talking about something else and going a different way, but I'm going this way. Were there ever any of those moments either, as you say, when when you doubted yourself or when you were maybe tempted to veer off in different directions?
1: Look, I think for any leader, there's always a lot of self doubt. Um, I think that's a it's a natural human condition and trade that that, that that we all have and. You know, I've got to have got to say that it wasn't all on my own. I have got a great uh, business model with great directors. Um, I met Manoli Arrakis on my journey, and and we started the the Nelson business together. Mm. And you know, he's taught me a lot about modern accounting. Uh, but yeah, look, I would say I've got plenty of doubts most of the time. So I used my joke <laughs> used to be that you know I've got no idea what I'm doing most of the time, mm. and that was because you're building the ship or the boat, you know, as you're going. Yep. and that's not an easy thing to do, and you mm-hmm. do make mistakes. But I think having that fundamental vision of where you want to be is super important. So mm. it's the very simple now where how. Definitely. mindset that I always use with, with my clients, I use it with my kids, <laughs> I use it with myself an awful lot is where where am I now, where do we want to be and how are we going to get there and our strategic planning model that we use here at Mallet McLean, uh, we've got a meeting with Mark Jenkins tomorrow who's been our business coach through the whole um, journey, I think we're mm-hmm. up to version 37 or 38 and so we wow. review it quarterly one day a quarter mm. and so we've had 30 seven, 38 meetings with Mark around where we're going in a business, what are we doing, what do we need to change, what's working, what's not working, failing fast, uh, making decisions about what to do and what not to do really, really quickly is important. Mm. Uh, but I think, you know, coming back to that fundamental belief of what do you want to be and what does that need to look like? And for some for some businesses, that's not much change at all. For other businesses, there's a lot of change. But what I saw coming was a change in technology I was really concerned when I became a leader at Mallet McLean, the thing that really stopped me in my tracks was that I was suddenly responsible for feeding 60-odd families, Mm. right? (laughs) And so when you think about leadership and you're wanting to get to the top, what got you there won't get you there, right? And so all the things that I did to get to the top, I suddenly had to think differently about because my responsibilities became quite different. Mm. And I felt that when people walk through that door, they depended on me as their leader to put food on their table, not just today, tomorrow, but for the next three, five, 10, 15, 20 years time. Mm. And I saw a lot of our people that were in what are now redundant roles within our organization because technology has taken over I mean, when I first started, you got a green pen, a green or red pen, a ruler, <laughs> and some twink, and you coded bank statements for two years. Mm. You know, you started drafting accounts. Uh, you know, in your third year of a traineeship. Mm. Well, now our trainees are doing it in four to six weeks, and they got as much knowledge in four to six mm-hmm. weeks as I as as I had
0: in in that first you know two or three years. And so I felt, and it's not that long ago, isn't it? We we're saying it. it's not like we're, we're we're sitting here in our sixties no. or anything. It, it, in, in the space of, uh, yeah, in that relatively short period of time, everything has changed fundamentally.
1: Accounting firms are a lot different, mm. and I so I felt that I felt that responsibility to help make that change and, and make it early, and that's why I got involved with Chartered Accountants Australia New Zealand as well because I felt there there were a lot of accounting firms out there that. Uh, were and had a sunset strategy where they were just going to milk their business for as much as they could then they would sell their fee base and um their team would just fend for themselves in the longer term and I didn't really feel that that was a you know a great strategy for mallet McLean and I just didn't want it for a lot of other accountants as well and so that's why I've been on a a bit of a crusade I suppose and <laughs> in, in, in some respects around trying to modernize accounting firms and get the message out there and and just telling people that it's okay if you don't know you just need to get help and you need to create some basic planning tools and get a bit of accountability and it's a, amazing what the compounding effect of 1% changes are inside people's businesses and inside people's lives
0: no absolutely and uh, it was described to me once as um yeah when when a plane takes off you know flies from Auckland to LA or London to New York or wherever it is the plane's not always going in a straight direction. The pilot's always making slight adjustments, one degree this way, one degree that way, just to make sure that plane keeps on track. Because otherwise, if you just go on the uh, on the direct straight line, you could totally end up not where you where you want to be in your life, in your business, or in any any aspect.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Look, it all comes down to planning. In my mm. world, that's where I see success happening. Those that plan and then break those goals down into milestones and actions, are Mm. the ones that win because they get ahead by consistently doing the one percenters that gets them to where they want to be. And in so many parts of our lives, we have plans. If I go on a holiday, so I'm going on a holiday next week with my family. Now, we know when we leave (laughs) Invercargill, we know Mm. what time we get to Hamilton, we know that we've got a rental car in Hamilton. We know that we're going up to the Coromandel for four or five days. Mm. Uh, well, my wife's got an itinerary of what we're going to be doing up there. And then we know we're going back to Cambridge. Uh, we stay the night there. I stay on to a strategic plan for a client. My wife flies home and we see each other on Friday. Mm. Along, So we know exactly what we're doing that's all planned out. And so mm. many things in our lives are. Definitely. so. Why aren't our businesses and the bigger
0: things in life done exactly the same? I think exactly that same way. And the the way I describe it, certainly around around people's productivity, and and I hate the phrase of time management, but I'll use it anyway. And I, I describe as it, when you've got that plane to catch, you know you're going to be on that plane. There's none of this, oh, actually, I did have that plane to catch, but something else has come up, so I'm going to go and do that. Or I had that plane to catch, but... Someone told me I wouldn't be very good at catching planes, so I'm going to go and do something else instead. When we have the plan, when we when we know, and funnily enough, it is always around travel, vacations, planes. When that's happening, we'll do whatever it takes to make it happen, and we'll plan the backside out of it, and we'll say no to other things. We'll say no to other people because we'll say, no, I'm I'm protecting this. It's important to me. I need to go and make it happen. But, but for so many people with their businesses, and, and in some cases, their lives, they... They just leave too much of it to chance.
1: Right, and it comes back down to accountability. So mm. if you if you don't arrive to the airport on time, <laughs> the plane doesn't go, it's okay, we've waited. You exactly. know that not only will you miss the flight, but there'll be an additional cost
0: mm. and you won't
1: have a happy family. <laughs> you know, So there are consequences and accountabilities there that make us get to the airport on time. Definitely, and so the same thing needs to happen in our daily lives for things um, to happen. If we didn't have deadlines for all sorts of things, then we wouldn't simply get things done. Because mm. when do we get things done? Uh, probably the day before the deadlines. Yep. Do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Perfect. So let's let's bring things to, to to the present day, or shall we say the the modern day? And we've talked about modern accountants and modern accounting firms a lot so far in this episode. What what is a modern accounting firm to you? And, and, and how, do, how do accounting firms try and, and get themselves in, in that position?
1: Yeah, look, that's a really interesting question that I get asked an awful lot. And I think a modern accounting firm is more about mindset than it is components. Mm. So are we thinking into the future? Do we actually know what's happening in our business today? So, so many accountants don't know what their GP margin is. So many accountants don't know what their revenue is for the year. So many Mm. accountants can't break their revenue down into areas like business development, business advisory compliance. Uh, They don't have the key pieces of information inside of their business to help them run a smarter, better business. Uh, They don't have marketing. They don't have sales. They don't have product development. um, They don't have the skills that a modern accountant needs. They don't have the empathy. They don't have capacity to be able to spend time with their clients to really unlock what the client needs Mm. and to help them on their journey to get there. Um, They don't have sales training, so they don't know how to ask the right questions to help clients achieve what they want to achieve. Okay, they don't know how to communicate well. So whether that's in a one-on-one uh, meeting uh, or a one-to-many, you know, stand-up meeting with mm. their team, with clients, uh, doing a workshop, you know, they they don't have those sort of skill sets. And so they are the things that accountants need to build on mm. to be able to go from where they are now to where they want to be. I mean, they've got to understand, you know, what they want. For their own business they have to understand what succession looks like for them they have to understand what success looks like for them they have to understand what value they create for people and what impact they have mm. and so what's their core purpose what are their core values what brand promises do they have what's the plan for the coming year do they workflow plan do they have KPI reporting do they have you know link reporting are they in the cloud whether it's myb or or zero and mm. you know, what are the sort of things that they are working towards become important for a modern accounting firm? Because an accounting firm like any business has never done. I've never woken up and thought, I've got there, right? There's always mm. a new piece of software. There's always something new to do. But it's about understanding the journey and understanding what those key points are. So it's, it's technology. It's uh, working on your own business. I mean, so many accounting firms have got the mechanics car right? (laughs) Because we're so busy making impact for our clients that we aren't spending enough time on our own business. And that way, we then find it hard to attract and retain talent. Our GP margin starts getting squeezed. Uh, We start losing profitability. Uh, We start working longer to make up for that, to get our own chargeable hours in. Uh, We work on chargeable time so we don't have Fixed fees, or agreed fees, or value-based fees. So there's so many facets to a modern accounting firm that you don't have to have all of them. Mm. Just starting to get one is a great place (laughs) to start, and that would, to me, would be at the minimum a business plan, best practice, a strategic plan.
0: I think that that's such a powerful way of summarising because I know, and obviously in in my business and and my role, I speak to a, a lot of accounting firms as well, and. It feels like in many cases they're saying, "Look, we we know things need to change, but but we don't even know what to look at or where to begin." It's um, it's like many many friends that I've got, and I've probably been been there myself. You know, on on New Year's Day, you look in the mirror and you think, right, I need to. I need to change my diet and my exercise and I need to read more and I need to travel more and I need to change my relationship and and all these things start to stack up, but it can feel overwhelming. But, but as you say, just by focusing on doing that one thing, uh, I always talk about what's, what's the smallest thing that we can do to, to, to make an impact, to, to make a change. And, the, the the bigger aspects can always come in the future. But if we just talk about that that smaller step that, that we can make, then then that's that's where everyone begins. Every journey begins with with the first step. Um a D often here, John, because I know a, a lot of accountants may be listening to this and saying, Yep, I know that. I know we need to change, I know the industry is changing, I know the world's changing. But I just don't have time. But we're we're always so pushed for resources. We don't have any spare capacity. How how can we we change our business if if we don't have any time to do that? It's, it's the old adage. We're, we're we're so busy running our business. We don't have any time to change our business. What would you say to that? That mindset is the reason why you are
1: where you are. That's what I would say to that. So, look, there's always urgent things in life and in business. And when things are urgent, we tend to do those things straight away. Mm. And the important things often get left to the side. And that's the things like planning, like creating tools and templates and onboarding new software and technology into our businesses to make things smarter and better. And so what I would say is that we do need to stop and pause. And we Mm. do need to create a plan, which is important, but not urgent. And what that plan allows us to do is to create a bigger vision of what we want our business to be Mm. because accountants have got the luxurious um, opportunity to continue to get the same work year on year on year on year. And so we don't have to go looking for it. There's more than enough work out there. It's about designing a business in a way that gives us what we want to achieve while still making that impact on the clients that value what we do. And mm. so what I would say to someone that doesn't have time is to take a piece of paper out, write down the top 10 clients you just like working with and go around your team and do exactly the same thing. And you'll probably get 20 names on that piece of paper. The likelihood mm. of you losing money on those jobs is highly likely. <laughs> uh, the likelihood of you making any money of them is very unlikely. (laughs) And if you got all that time back and you spent that time working on your business, what difference could you make? Mm. And so if people want to find time in their business, find 10 or 20 clients that you dislike working with that make you no money that I probably guarantee (laughs) you actually cost you money. Mm. And if you discovered a way to exit those clients in an empathetic way, what could you do with those hundred hours, two, three hundred hours inside your business?
0: Definitely, I guarantee it. Could, it would be a lot. Your your preaching is converted here, John. I always say I think that the time excuse is is so shallow. I think we we all have the time. I Any mean, of Elon Musk. Warren Buffett, Jeff Bezos, we all have the same 24 hours in the day. It's how we choose to spend it. And I often say if if you ask anyone, and certainly many, many accountants, if if you ask them to show you their calendar, they'll show you other people's goals and dreams. Um, because they'll say, We're, I'm helping that client to achieve that. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. But they say, well, when are you setting appointments to actually further your own goals when are you setting appointments and calendar sessions to actually increase your own business and, and grow the business that you actually want to be working with and, and usually we don't we we put it on the back shelf somewhere on the on the do it later pile and then we say how how are we new a new financial year here again i thought we were going to change this last year and it just keeps going round and round and round. Yeah, 100%. And look, I
1: think time, like money, are just resources and they are prioritized uh, by someone. Mm. And you either run the day or the day runs you. And look, I have a lot of empathy for people because it's this isn't an easy thing to do. Mm. But you've got to be able to take the first steps. And like anything, once you get in a rhythm with it, it becomes normal. So Mark Jenkins is coming down tomorrow. It's normal. It mm. comes down for a day. We've frantically over the last couple of weeks done everything <laughs> we've needed to get to for the quarter. Mm. But it's it's normal for us. It, it's normal, and we have kicked a whole lot of goals, and we'll set a, a whole lot more. Not not massive goals now. We've done the big things, but they are important things that make the difference. When you start getting into, you know, the metrics where you've got great numbers, then it's the one percenters that start making the difference. But for us, it's normal. This mm. isn't a this isn't something that is not in not in everyone's calendars. It's there, it's stuck in statute. No one no one moves anything when Mark Jenkins comes down. Everyone's mm. here for it. We've all done our pre-work. Uh, we're all prepared for it. You know, we'll go out for a meal tonight, we'll have a good time together, and then we'll be ready tomorrow to plan our next call. Well, our next year, but our next quarter. And so for me, just like your clients, you need help. Mm. From someone, and Definitely. I've never really seen too many accounting firms be able to do it on their own mm. for a sustainable period of time. Yeah, and if you want to get ahead, if you want to make a change, and that, that level of dissatisfaction is high enough, then I would encourage you to find a, a group of accountants to join, find a coach. Or just find another firm that you want to be like and try yeah. and create a network with them just to see what they're doing. Because as humans, when we see what other people are doing, we want to start doing what they're doing. Yeah. Okay? But Mallet McLean, just like every other accounting firm, is like a duck on water. <laughs> on top, we're gliding along. Underneath, the legs are going like anything. <laughs> And, you know, we've all got problems in our business. I've never met the perfect business. Mm. That's just the reality of it. There's always something to do, which is also the exciting thing about it. We are leaders. We lead people. We are there to lead the business. We're there to create the strategy. We're there to create the vision, the purpose, you know, ensure the values are ahead to ensure we're kicking those brand promise goals. You know, that's Mm. the thing that leaders need to do. And how much time are we spending doing that
0: inside our businesses? Absolutely, and I love the way that the you and, and Malik McLean uh, are blazing a trail. And um, I'm with the uh, the Nelson team in in a couple of days' time, and it's always a pleasure to um to, to see what what Malik McLean is doing in uh, in the next chapter of the journey. And and John, I'm ironically aware of of time in our conversation as well, as we as we start to draw things to a close now, and and looking to the future. And uh, we've talked about about. An industry that's changing, and and being a leader in in this changing industry, what do you see as as the future for the accounting industry across the next three to five years?
1: What I see for the industry is very much a change in how the trusted advisor is viewed by hmm. clients. So as we get technology, as we get reporting, AI, everything coming <laughs> into a business world. The one thing that doesn't change is that people still need people.
0: Mm.
1: People still want to talk to people. People still want to use other people as a sounding board. They still want advice. They still want to know whether they're doing the right thing or not. Mm. Every leader has doubts. Every leader quite often needs reassurance about the direction that they're going in, whether they're on their own, whether they're in in a group, whether it's a board or a partnership. We all need people. and so. Our role has changed from coding, like it used (laughs) to happen back in the back in the old days, through to data interpretation. That data interpretation is starting to turn more into planning and advisory. Mm. And it's a transition when it's not. Don't panic. We're not going to blink and overnight things are going to change. But our value is perceived to be higher by the clients that we're helping improve their current position, helping them give them the confidence they need to do the things they need to do in their business because our clients are really good at what they do. Most of them don't have a business degree. Most of them haven't been taught how to run a business. Mm. Most of them haven't been taught about governance. Most of them are in the forest. When they come and see their accountant, their trusted advisor, they're in the helicopter looking down on their forest and they can see the clearings. They can see what's going on. They can ask for advice. They can get reassurance, and then they can go out for that next sprint to get the next two, three, four actions
0: done towards a milestone or, or a goal that they're trying to kick. Mm. And I think that's a perfect summary of, of the role of an accountant. And I always say, and I've, I, I hate the, uh, the 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 stereotype of, of the back office being counter, and it's it's so far from the truth because we've got such an amazing community. Of talented, powerful, knowledgeable individuals that really can transport, uh, that really can transform the the, the lives and the businesses of, of so many people. And sometimes we just need to give them, as you say, a bit of direction, a bit of confidence, a bit of, of structure, guidance, however it may be, just to put them in the perfect position because the the potential they have and the opportunities. Taking this right back to the start of the conversation around impact, I think accountants are, are so lucky to have that opportunity to, to be able to have such a big impact for so many businesses. It's just about trying to, to harness that knowledge and, and the power in the right way. 100%. Look, I couldn't agree
1: with you more on that. There's so many accountants there that undervalue and understate mm who they are and what they can do for people and the impact that they have. And that's because the calendars are full, they're racked and stacked, they're just going from one appointment to another, and they don't stand back and realise the value that they currently create or could create, especially for those that understand the value that they get from going to see the accountants at their accounting firm.
0: Definitely i love that and uh, and john it's been a pleasure talking to you we're we're coming to to the end of our time now i wanted to just cover off a uh, a couple of things and and firstly i love the uh this quote from you that's uh, on on one of the, the many uh features that you have on on different websites and um it says you only have to do two things to be successful work out what you want to do and then go and do it and i think that, that's so powerful in 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 the world that we live in, where we've got social media and LinkedIn and everyone being an expert in everything, it seems, I think just going back to remembering, what do I want to do? Who do I want to be? How do I go and make it happen? And then, as you say, looking for the right support, guidance, experts, coaches to to, to help us on that journey. It's a real way of, of grounding ourselves towards success. Yeah, it's a
1: really simple formula, but simple and easy aren't the same. And to be able to go out and actually work out what you want to do, (laughs) that's not always an easy question to answer, especially when you're in the thick of what you're doing. Mm. So, again, I just encourage people to talk to somebody else to help them get to where they want to be. And I promise you, uh, if you go and do that, you'll unlock possibilities that lie within you. Definitely.
0: I love that. And John, before we close now, we do have a tradition here on Make It Count. And uh, and this is the secret question, which all the guests love. So the tradition here is that the previous guest gets to set a question for the next guest. So you know, the good news here is that you get to set a secret question for, for the next guest on the show. But if I find it in my notes, so the, uh, the secret question for you, John, is... This is a funny way of reading it out, but I'll try and get it. What are accountants afraid to do that if they did it would make their careers vastly more successful? A nice easy one for you there,
1: isn't it? Oh, Look, I'm. I feel like I'm repeating myself, but it would be that you need to look at who your clients are, who you're currently serving, work out who value you and who doesn't, and with empathy – Exit those clients that don't value you or you don't like to work with because life is too short. And if you get that right, then you will have more time to spend on the clients that value you and you will feel better about yourself and it will become a self-fulfilling prophecy of the type of people you work with, the type of work that you do and the value that you create for yourself, for your team and for for your clients. Perfect.
0: I love that. Thank you so much, John. What a powerful way to end this episode. It's been a pleasure to have you here on Make It Count. Uh, if if people have been listening to this episode and they want to, to get in touch with yourself, they want to reach out to Mallet McLean, where's the best place to find you? Look, you can find
1: me on LinkedIn. Mallet McLean's, McLean's got the website. It's got my email address on there. So
0: either of those places are a great place to start. Perfect. And we will put the other links in the show notes as well. So take a take a look there and, uh, and feel free to connect with John as well. John, thank you so much for being part of Make It Count. We would love to have you back here on the show in the future. Uh, but for now, thank you for everything you do and helping accountants across New Zealand and now the world to Make It Count. Thanks, Freddie. Been great. Thank you so much for listening. I hope today's episode informed, educated, motivated and inspired you to make it count for your clients and your business. Make sure you check out the show notes of this episode for the all important links. Please hit subscribe, share it with the world and don't forget to give us a five star review. We love getting feedback on this show and I'd love to hear which part resonated with you the most. Remember, you have got the skills, talent, expertise, and experience to make a huge difference in the lives and businesses of your clients. The days of the bean counter are over. It's time to make it count. I'll see you on the other side.